discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with great grace. Thank you that our hearts are captured by your word. Thank you that it pushes us into doing your word. We are full of grace and full of reality because of your word. Receive your word with meekness and gladness. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit who is here to teach us to make all truth and all reality known to us. We are grateful even in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Singing is very important. It's not part of my notes, but it's very important because it helps you to get filled with the Spirit. Okay? Yeah. It's very important. So don't ignore singing. Don't think that uh, God doesn't mind your voice. Don't say, my voice is not nice. So God, this will be discord in God's ears. It will be like a clinging cymbal. That's not what God said. He likes your voice anyhow. Tell your neighbor, God likes your voice anyhow. He loves it. So sing and make melodies in your heart to the Lord. Even if it sounds like this. You are still telling your neighbor, even if it sounds like this. It's so powerful anyway. Tell you, tell, tell your neighbor, it's so powerful anyway. God still likes it. It's very important, okay? So don't ignore it. Hallelujah. Yes, it's very important. Some people say, oh, my voice is not nice. So, media, when it comes to songs, we don't, we don't, we are not into singing songs. We're just speaking in tongues. No. The Bible says we should what? Sing and make melodies in our hearts to the Lord. Okay? It's very important. So you have to sing and make melody. It's a way of being filled with the Spirit. One critical, important way of being filled with the Spirit. As you hear the word, as you sing the word and sing songs to him and sing hymns to him, you are filled. Yeah, that's what happens. Hallelujah. So I've been sharing concerning what? How to eat the word. Isn't it? How to eat the word. This is your word. The word of God. <laughs> this is the of the word of God. Sambu almost said, walking in the name of, walking what? Working for the Lord. I'm even saying two years ago, can you imagine? Working for the Lord. Hallelujah. So this is a year of the word of God. It means that this year, if you are in Love Economy Church, if you are in any of our churches anywhere, the means for your success as defined by God for this year is through God's word. So you must take it seriously. And on 31st December, I shared so many things. It's on the podcast. I don't know why you would not listen to the podcast. The second message I preached on what I'm sharing about now 
the very first message I preached on in, in, uh, in, in January in 2019, the word of God is your wisdom. I spoke about the podcast and why you must listen to the podcast. It's very important. If you're not listening to the podcast, you will not know where I am in the spirit. You understand? You will not know and hence you can't follow as you're supposed to. Hallelujah. For instance, if you're not listening to the podcast, you wouldn't know the message I'm coming to continue. Continue, But the message has been on it for more than almost a week since I preached it. It's been on. I have listened to it for about four times. On Wednesday, we're here watching it. The video made me hear things I didn't hear in the audio. Yeah, video and audio are not the same. It's a very serious thing. You know? And I started sharing on how to teach the Word of God. And I mentioned two very important things. Three important things, actually. But I majored on two the last time. That was last week. And we started from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Let's look at it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It's very important to you hear what I'm coming to tell you today. It's very, what I'm coming to share with you today is very, very important. Okay? Very, very important for you as a child of God. If you don't hear this, you may not hear any other thing. And your life as a Christian may not be fruitful or profitable. That is how important it is. He says, my son, attend to my words. Give attention to what? My words. Then he shows you how to do it. Incline thine ear unto my saying. So I spoke about the ears. And how to incline your ears to his his sayings. And that simply translates into hearing the word of God. Letting the word of God play around you. That's why I spoke about the podcast. Just plug your ears with the word of God. Let the word of God play around you. There should be something playing around you. Do you understand? Uh In in their day, they had to go to the synagogue to hear the word. But in our day, we don't have to go to any synagogue. The synagogue is in your house. Yeah, because the messages are with you. They are online. They are in their cloud. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you can have it. So you can play, you have to play messages continuously around you. Do you understand? Continue. And that's what that's what is incline your ears. Like intentionally, do you understand incline? Like arrange your ears to the word of God. Arrange it. And that simply translates into putting earphones in your ears. Basically. Yes. Soak the word. Playing it whilst you are sleeping. Playing it all the time, all the time, I should be talking around you. It will make you scared to do some things. You realize that some thoughts can't come into your ears and into your heart. It's just every time we are saying something, there's something playing. Either you are laughing, I'm saying something that is funny that's making you laugh, or something that is making you think, something that is making you feel sad, something that is making you feel energized. Something is always mixed emotions. You're always getting the word of God. You understand? Yeah, just basically. Hearing and listening to the word of God, making it play around you. And I showed you what it does for you. Yeah. I showed I showed how it brings faith to you and brings you to the, in the, into the realm of the, mirac- the miraculous. Yeah. How that our first option should not be to pray. Our first option should be to hear the word of God. Because faith is not always active. Yeah. Faith is not always there. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, we were coming in a plane. With my wife, and this time too, the plane dropped small, it dropped like a shoe. It was not easy. Everybody in the plane said, Hey, Aquaway, hey. I mean, that is the first response because faith is not there. But if it was to continue, we'll gather, then we'll start sparking ourselves with, the, with respect to faith. Charlie, let's start sparking the faith machine. So faith is not always there. And you realize that you don't really have faith for something. 
you, should, you have to be you have to be truthful to yourself. I don't have man, know thyself. I don't know this particular. I I I don't have faith for it. Do you get it? Uh-huh. You want you want to you want something around you to change. You want a new job. But you are always you are writing applications and nobody's speaking you. You should know that you don't have faith for a job. You have to get eh, get down, hear the word continuously about how to get a job. Okay? You may there's nothing like that written in the Bible, how to get a job. There's nothing like that in the Bible. But the, the word of God can translate into letting you know that this is what you need to do to be able to get a job. So you build your faith, then you release your faith. But until that faith is built, you don't, you, your prayer will mean nothing. You can pray and pray and pray and pray. It's called praying amiss. So it's not about prayer meetings. It's about word meetings. Oh, it's the truth though. If only Christians would just humble themselves and just go to the word of God. A lot of things would be different in their lives. A lot of things. You must hear the word. And I spoke about it. You need to listen to the message. Okay? In Galatians chapter 3 verse 5. Look at Galatians 3 verse 5. Paul said, The one that worketh miracles amongst you. Do, he says, For he, he therefore that ministered to you the spirit and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law? Do it, do it, it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It is by the hearing of faith, not by the works of the law. By the hearing of faith. How does faith come to you? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you hear the word of God, faith is brought to you. You are energized by, with faith and you can put your faith to work. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then the next thing was that, he says, my son, incline thine ears unto my saying. Then he says, let them not depart from thine eyes. So the other thing to engage in this year of the word of God is your eyes. Your eyes must be engaged. If your eyes are not engaged, you will not see the word of God. And that simply translates into what? Reading your Bible literally, practically. Tell you about practically reading the Bible. Like open the book and read what is inside the book. Like don't be an African child. It is Africans who don't like reading. No, it has become a characteristic of the black man. There are a lot of guys who don't read. There are a lot of guys who don't read. They are just like us. They don't read. Since they finished school, they are like they are like just like everybody else. But when they like it's like it is too prevalent in our part of the world. Yeah, they say if you want to hide anything from the black man, put it in a book. Yes, it's a general, generally accepted phrase. Yes. If you want to hide anything from the black man, keep it in inside the book. Oh, Charlie. We must we must prove them wrong. What, what do you think? <laughs> we must read the Bible. Yeah. You have to read, you simply have to open the book and look at, use your spectacles, Adua, and read the book like you are reading the Bible. I see it. Uh-huh. Read Genesis. Exodus. It's just nice. So if you are reading, you can read about characters. You can read about David. You realize that there are a lot of things about David you don't know. I was listening to Reverend George talk about Saul and I was shocked what he said about Saul. When I checked the Bible, I realized it was inside the Bible. Then I realized I don't read the Bible much. Do <laughs> you know Saul made the statue of himself? Never read it before. It's in the Bible. Saul, is the, Saul made the statue of himself so that he can be remembered. Yes. Hey, it's not a joke. Oh. <laughs> 
do you know, do you know, have you ever read in your Bible that the, the Pharaoh that rose up that did not know Joseph was not actually an Egyptian but an Assyrian. He was not an Egyptian. Hey, it's serious though. It was not, he was not an Egyptian because Egypt was conquered by Assyria. Yeah, during that period when Joseph was absent, when Joseph had died, each, uh, the Assyrians came to come and conquer Egypt and they ruled in Egypt. So that Pharaoh didn't know Joseph. So he started oppressing Israel. You are shocked. He, he, he did a scripture inside, or he, he did a Bible inside, like it's inside the Bible. Hey, he's serious. So just read about Moses, like, read up, it will make you wise. The word of God is your wisdom. Says, this is the wisdom that the world shall know you by. The word of God is full of it. It is your wisdom. He says the scriptures on his own are able to make you wise. The scriptures are able to... I've said all these things already. I'm just trying to re-echo it for you so I can continue. Okay? Then the next thing to engage... I was talking about the eyes. I was talking about the ears. The next thing to engage is your heart. He says, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Say, keep them in the midst of thine heart. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. The midst of thine heart. The midst of thine heart. Say the midst of thine heart. So, I talk about eating the word of God through hearing, through seeing. Now, it is going to be through the heart. Meditation. When we talk about the heart, we're talking about meditation. Okay? Through meditation. Now, I remember mentioning a verse in Matthew chapter 13 that I want us to look at. Let's look at it in Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to preach, I think, the most important message I've ever preached to you. Okay? I preached this years ago, about five years ago. And I titled it Meditation. I preached about the heart. Very important. I think it's a very important message. (laughs) Very important things are done in a very ordinary way. It's very important. That's what I'm telling you. Matthew 13, verse 13. It says, Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing see not. Okay? They what? Seeing, see not. What is Jesus saying? It means that to see in the spirit, you need to see with your physical eyes. He says, they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not. They were hearing Jesus speak. They were seeing Jesus talk. But they could not see what was behind what he was saying. And they could not hear what was behind what he was saying. Do you understand? Meaning that to see the word of God and to hear the word of God, spiritually speaking, because I mentioned how that as you look at it physically, something spiritual happens. You get it? If you don't look at it spirit, physically, the spiritual side will not be activated. And that's what Jesus is trying to say here. He says, they see and they see not. They hear and they hear not. Why? Because they are, the eyes of the understanding is darkened. How come? Because they can't see physically. The, the seeing physically and the seeing spiritually, they said something that has been chopped off. They can, it's not connected. But thank God for the new life. When you become born again, the seeing physically does something to you spiritually. But as you look at the word of God physically like this, it ministers to the eyes of your understanding. And I spoke about the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of God, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It says, Neither do they understand. Next verse, verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, by hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. 
For this people's heart is wax gross. This people's heart is wax. This is introducing the heart to into the thing. This people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their eyes. I say again. Lest at any time you should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart. Three things: eyes, ears, heart. It says, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So the means of getting the information to your heart is through seeing, hearing, and then it gets to your heart. If you don't see and hear, it cannot get to your heart. The only way that thing can get to your heart is through seeing and hearing, physically speaking. (laughs) So don't think the word of God can be in your heart if you are not seeing it and hearing it. It can't get to your heart. Okay? Now, what is our heart? The word heart in the Greek is translated cardia. From where we have cardio thoracic uh, surgeries and all the cardio, eh? heart, basically, cardia. The, and it means the pumping side, what is in, in here pumping. Okay? But it also means, and when he's using the scriptures, he's not talking about this heart, he's talking about the center of your spiritual life. The word cardia means center. Okay? Center. If you notice, your heart, this heart here, is connected to, has veins connected from everywhere to it. And it pumps blood from here to every part of your body. So without it, not, nothing in your body can work. It is the center of your body. It is responsible for every movement of blood to any, without blood, the place of the body will, will be, not become stiff, it will die. So the life of the body, which is in the blood, has a center in the heart. So the heart is the center of the blood circulatory system. Am I lying, doctors? I'm not lying. In the same way, in the realm of the spirit, there's a heart that you have. A lot of us ignore this particular aspect of our being. We only know about spirit, soul, and body. But there's more. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. All these four things are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Okay? It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Soul and spirit. We know soul and spirit, isn't it? And of the joints and marrow. Then it says, and it's a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So another quality of your system is also introduced. Your heart. Your heart. Your heart. Now, what is the heart? I've told you already. It is the center of the spiritual life of a man. We all know that when God created the heavens and the earth, he created man, isn't it? Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. He says, let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, isn't it? Then the Bible says that, uh, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Then he says, male and female created he them. So he created male and female. But the first to be made was the man. But the woman was, the female was inside the man. That is why when they needed female, they didn't go and get her from, from somewhere. They took the female from inside the man. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Now, who did God create? God created the spirit here. Okay? Because if you go to Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, you see God forming man that is the body out of the dust of the ground. Genesis 2 verse 7. He says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, 
and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living soul. So the soul is introduced here. How did the soul, how was the soul produced? The soul was produced as a result of God breathing out the spirit of the man into the clay that he had formed. Okay, when the spirit hits the clay, the reaction, every, you see, for two things to coexist together in chemistry, for anything to bind together, you need a reaction. A reaction is to take place. That is why water and oil does not mix. You know water and oil does not mix because there are, there's no reaction between the two of them. So you can decant oil. You can take it off and the water will be there. Or oh, you've forgotten some of your science. Do you remember? Uh-huh. So for something to be together, for, spirit, for the spirit that is from God to be able to be in the body and for them to be one without us seeing the spirit standing outside and the body also standing somewhere, there must be a reaction between the two and every reaction produces a product. Isn't it? H2 plus O2 goes to what? H2O. Then you introduce half, half. It's half a mole of all... No, no, I taught chemistry for five years. And I did BSc chemistry, so I know chemistry, okay? I don't have difficulty with chemistry at all. Even if I've not read any chemistry book in 10 years, I'll still remember. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there's a product that is produced, isn't it? So the product that was produced as a result of the spirit and the flesh coming together is the soul. So the soul was produced. Okay? The soul was, see the soul was produced as a result of the reaction between the spirit and the body. I seeing it. Uh-huh. Now, when the soul was produced, there needed to be another reaction between the spirit, the soul, and the body. For the soul to also coexist and be in the system without any problems. Because the soul is also a product. It's a new thing that has been produced. You understand? Uh-huh. So the soul, the body, and the spirit mixed to produce something called the heart. But it is not mentioned in Genesis chapter 1, chapter 2. It is mentioned in Genesis chapter 6. Look at Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. You realize that God has a heart. And definitely the man that he has created must also have a heart. See, there were, there were giants in the days, in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the, onto the daughters of men, and they, were, they bare children to them. And the same became mighty men which were of old. Men of renown. All that has meaning, but it's not my message today. So. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Have you seen it? Yeah. So in this place, you realize that, hey, the man had something called heart. But in the initial portions, we, we see spirit, we see soul, and we see body. But the heart was also produced. Okay? And if you, if you notice, the heart has what? It says, the imagination and the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Next verse. Look at verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So you realize that God also has heart. So if he made us after his own image and after his own likeness, then whatever he has, he must also have. God also has a body. His body is the body of Christ. Uh, Jesus' body is God's body. But prior to that, God has, God has a celestial body. Do you understand? And he has a soul. God has a soul. He got things. God is a spirit, first of all. Okay? So I'm, saying, I'm showing these things to let you know that we have something called a heart. We do. And the heart is the most important part of your life. Okay? Say my heart. My heart. Is the most important part. Of my life. And I want to show it to you in the scriptures. Can I help you? Okay. 
I said the, the heart is the center and the seat of the spiritual life, of our spiritual life, okay? It's the center and the seat of our spiritual life. Now, what is it used for? What is the heart used for? Number one, the heart is used for receiving the word. That is where the, the word of God ends up, okay? That is where the word of God, that's what ends up. Let's read from Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. The word of God, the heart is for receiving the word. So I've showed you that the heart is a part of the human system. There are 165 references to the heart in only the New Testament. 165. We don't, if we talk about the Old Testament, you can't think about it. It's something very important, but we don't talk about it much. Okay? Look at this. It says, when someone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown where? Sown in his heart. So the word of God that we preach is received into the heart, not into your mind, not into your spirit, not into your flesh, but into your heart. This is the explanation of the parable of the sower. Read from verse 18. Let's read from verse 18. Read it to me. One to go. Uh-huh. When anyone hear the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. In his heart. So the word of God is really sown. When the preacher preaches, it's not the preacher's fault that the word of God didn't come to pass in your life. He sowed what he was supposed to sow. It came into your heart. But what you, how you behave with your heart is what caused the devil to come and take it away. So your heart, the devil also has access to your heart. Your heart is the center of your being. It's the center of your spiritual life. It's the center and the seat of your spiritual life. You get it? It controls everything. And the devil also ha- the devil has access to it as much as God has access to it. Are you following me? Yeah. It's very important. Don't miss this. Yeah. When we say spiritual growth, what are we talking about? You understand what spiritual growth means by what I'm telling you now. Yeah. Your spirit man does not grow. Our spirits don't grow. Have you seen a spirit growing before? No. Does spirits grow? Do they have birthdays? The Bible says that in the, in the new life, we'll be like the angels. Where we are not given in marriage, no. I, I marry, we marry. You get it? Angels don't go through the natural processes of life that we go through. We, we grow old because of where we are. Because we are on earth. But our spirits do not grow old. And when you become born again, there's nothing wrong with your spirit. Your spirit man is clean. He's correct. He's from God. If any man be in Christ, is what? Do you think that new creation will be created by God with problems in it? No, that new creation is perfect. Your spirit is perfect. The Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So if we are one spirit with him, then there's no corruption in the spirit. Where is the corruption? The corruption is in the flesh and in the soul. And consequently in the heart. So a change. When we say someone is growing spiritually, we are talking about the changes that are occurring in his heart. Okay? So he says, when the word of God is preached, it is preached and it is sown in the man's heart. Now, let me show you something more. Luke chapter 24, verse 32. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 32. Let me give you a background to this particular scripture, okay? Jesus had risen from the dead. Two people, two disciples were on their way from Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus. On the way, Jesus joined them but did not reveal himself to them. Now, these two guys, they weren't two guys. Uh, they, they say yeah, one was a man, one was a woman. They were a couple. Okay, they were walking to a mouse and were discussing how Christ had died because we were disciples. They were discussing how Christ had died and how people had come to say that he had resurrected. And then Jesus came, but didn't reveal himself to them. When Jesus rose from the, from the dead, he could appear in different forms. You get it? So he, he appeared to them as a different person. They couldn't see him. 
They had worked with him for three and a half years, but they couldn't see him this time around. And he asked them, what are you people talking about? Then he said, oh, are you the only one? Are you, is this the first time you've come to Jerusalem? Ah, all the things that have happened in Jerusalem, all this, why you don't know? Then he started relating the story. Then Jesus started explaining to them the scriptures concerning himself from the Bible. He started preaching to them from the scriptures. Okay? Now, when he had done that, he got to a certain place. When they were getting to Emmaus, he pretended that he was going to continue. It was evening. So they said, oh, come and come and eat with us. Let's eat. Now, when they went to eat, Jesus took bread and broke the bread. When he broke the bread and gave to them and they ate the bread, their eyes were open and they saw that it was Jesus. Just when they saw that it was Jesus, Jesus vanished from their midst. Then they said something after Jesus had gone. This is what they said. And they said one to another, did not our hearts, did not what? What was Jesus doing for them? He was preaching the word of God to them. Where, which part of their system did the word of God end up stimulating their hearts? It says, and they said one to another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? He opened to them the scriptures and the scriptures entered their hearts. So where I'm preaching, why am I sowing the seed of God to you to right now? I'm sowing it on your heart. Your heart is being activated right now. Are you seeing it? Let me show you some more. Go to Acts chapter 16. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 37 first, and then we'll go to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 2, verse 37. This also, this a small background to the scripture as well. Um, the Holy Spirit had come. Peter was preaching, preached very powerfully to the Jews. Okay, now after preaching, this was a response of the people. This is what happened to the people as he was preaching. He says, now when they heard this, when they heard the word of God, because Peter was preaching the word of God, when they heard the word of God, they were pricked where? Yeah. They were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What I want you to see is that the word of God is meant to prick and to change your heart. The word of God is sown on your heart, not, not in your spirit, not in your soul. It is sown in your heart. Acts chapter 16. I want to show you some more. How important your heart is. That's why the Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence. Have you heard it before? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. I'll talk about this soon. Keep your heart. Your heart is very important. Very, very important. Just as the word of God is sown into your heart, thoughts from the devil are also sown into your heart. The aim of the, the devil is to sow thoughts into your heart. That's the aim of the devil. The devil can sow some thoughts into your heart, you are done. Because your heart is very important. Okay? Acts chapter 16. Let's read verse 14. This is Paul preaching in a place called Thyatira. And as he was preaching, there was a woman who was sitting down listening to the message. Look at what happened. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, she heard us preach the word. Whose heart the Lord opened that she should, she, she, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. As Paul was preaching, God opened her heart. So God can open your heart for the word of God to be sown into your heart. So your heart is very important. Very, very, very important. That's where God sows the word. If the word of God is going to work for you, it must be successfully sown in your heart. But you and I know that when the word of God comes to us, there are various things that happen. Matthew chapter 13, what we're reading. There's those, there are those who receive it by the wayside. There are those who receive it on the stony ground. There are those who receive it in a good ground. There's, there are those who receive it in a thorny ground. You remember? So 
the word of God can either, so you must ensure the successful sowing of the word. Do you get it? You must ensure the successful sowing of the word in your heart. If, it is, if it's sown in your heart, you don't have a problem. When the word of God is successfully sown in your heart, you are finished. You don't need to do any other thing again. And I'm going to show you how to sow it into your heart. Okay? Okay, so the heart I've mentioned to you is for receiving the word and hence also for receiving thoughts from the, from the world or from the devil. Then the heart is for believing the word. You use the heart to believe the word or any other thing in life. Romans chapter 10 verse 8. But what's here? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and where? In thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Next verse. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe where? In thine heart. Shalt believe in thine heart. That God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So your very salvation is based on what? The activation of your heart. Without the activation of your heart, you cannot believe. The believing of the word of God is done by your heart. Not by your soul. Not by your spirit. Your spirit already believes. Your soul never believes. Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Go to Mark chapter 11 verse 23. Very important. Tell me about this. This is very important. This is very important. These are your other words. So be prepared to write notes. Okay? And take notice of some things. Very important. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt where? Shall not doubt. What is the opposite of doubt? Belief. Isn't it? And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart. So our heart is for believing the word of God or believing any other thing in this world. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12. Hebrews 3 12. Take it, brethren, lest there be any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. So unbelief is found where? In the heart. Meaning that belief is also found in the heart. Take it, brethren, lest there be any in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22. I'm, I'm just showing you scriptures. Then I'll start preaching, okay? Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. So faith is inside the heart. Believe, believe is faith. Okay? The noun is faith. The action, the verb is believing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with, the pure, with pure water. Not Voltec or any of those things. Talking about the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you saying it? Yeah. Then number three. The third thing about the heart is that the heart is for keeping the word. It's a place for keeping the word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 21. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Then it says, keep them in the midst of thine heart. What was he talking about? He was talking about the word of God. It says, keep the word of God in the midst of thine heart. So the word of God is to be kept in our heart. So the heart is the place where the word of God can be kept. Are you seeing it? John chapter, chapter 14, verse 21. Go to John 14, 21. This is Jesus talking. He says, he that has my commandments and keepeth them. What was Jesus talking about? Was he saying you should hold the Bible? Every time? Those times we always used to have a New Testament Bible at, the back, at our back pocket. When he asked, why are you doing that? We are keeping, we are keeping the word. As Jesus said. He's not talking about 
Because you see, initially he said, he that has my commandments, he that has it, the one who has it, and keep them. So having it and keeping it are two different things altogether. You have to have it in your hand, then you can keep it. How do you keep it? You keep it with your heart. He that has my commandments and keep them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Go to verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and will come unto him and make our abode with him. He will keep my words. Where do we keep the word with? My hearts. That's a good one. All right. Look. Luke 8.15, my mother has given us a scripture. Luke 8.15, let's look at it. But on the good ground, uh, but that on the good ground that they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Have you seen it? It's part of my scriptures, actually. It says, having heard the word, they keep it and bring good forth, bring forth fruit with patience. It says, good heart. They keep it with their good heart. Hallelujah. So it's for believing the word. First of all, it's for receiving the word. Secondly, it's for what? Believing the word. Thirdly, it's for keeping the word. Number four is for controlling your speech and your actions. Your heart is for controlling your speech and your actions. This is what controls your life. Okay? Yes. This particular thing I'm talking about is what controls your life. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Matthew 12, 34. Unless you think the scriptures is a lie. But if you think the scriptures are true... Then, you should understand what I'm saying. Oh, generation of vipers. Jesus is just talking. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Oh, generation of vipers. How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Out of the abundance of the heart. So everything you are saying out of, out of your mouth, on your lips, is actually a show of the state of your heart. Am I the one who is saying it? Jesus is the one who is saying it. So if you say, Abu Akwasia, your mouth, what you are saying in your mouth. If you say, I don't have money, it's the abundance of your heart. If you say, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. The abundance of your heart is what's showing forth. I'm a foolish boy. I'm a foolish bad boy. <laughs> it's from your heart. You get it? He says, for out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaker. Next verse, verse 35. Then he says, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. So if you see somebody doing good things, it is because his heart has a treasure. The word treasure is thesaurus. He has a treasure, a storehouse of goodness in his heart. That is why he is able to do good things outwardly. So his outward actions are actually controlled by the storehouse of his heart. So every single thing that you will become in life is dependent on the state of your heart. Because however your heart is, is how you are going to be. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Next verse. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Why? Because it, is, it shows the state of their heart. Why was, if you read Acts chapter 5, okay, we hear the story concerning Ananias and Sapphira. Why did they have the judgment of God come upon them? Why? It's because of the... Do you think it was, they were the only people who had sold money, who had sold something? First of all, they, look at what happened though. They sold their property. There were seeds being taken in the church. They decided that we also give our land. So they went and sold their land and brought part of the money to the church and kept part. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? That, that, that was very, very spiritual. 
You should be able to, because we should be able to chop some of the money, innit? And give, and it is our money. But it is because of what, how they did what they did. And I want to show it to you. Okay? Look at, look at this. Acts chapter 5, verse 3. But Peter said, said, Ananias, why has Satan failed your heart? There was something wrong with the heart with which they were giving the money. It wasn't the money they were giving. The heart with which they were giving was the problem. Because Satan had filled their heart. Meaning that they wanted to do damage to the church. So even though outwardly they were giving it, there was a secret in your heart that they would probably were going to say to the, the newspapers that the church has been taking their money. <laughs> Are you understand? The church has been taking our money. The church has been doing this. The church has been doing this. There was, a, there was something in your heart and God saw it and didn't want that to show up. So even though they have done something good on the outward, the state of their heart was not good. So he says, why has Satan filled your heart? Satan has filled your heart. To lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land. Are you seeing it? Then he says, look at it like this. Once it remained, was it not thine own? When it was there, was it not yours? Was anybody asking for your land? And after it was sold, was it not in your own power? Like I was saying, like, the thing is this, they sold the, the money is for them. So whilst the money is with them, the money is for them. Then he says, why hast thou conceived this thing in your heart? Why have you conceived in your heart? That thou, that thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Why have you conceived this in your heart? Because of something behind they are giving. Which God did not want. So they all died. Your heart is very important. Very, very important. What you've conceived. Your heart is for conceiving things. It is for the, it's called the intents and the thoughts of the heart. Okay, it's the, it is the seat of your the, the seat of your spiritual life, the center of your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are we saying? We have to take care of our hearts. Go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Let's read from verse 17 to verse 20. Do not ye understand? This is Jesus talking to the disciples and to everybody. He, he told them that it's not what you eat that defiles you. Because the Jewish custom says that what you eat is what defiles you. If you don't eat with washed hands, you are defiled. Then Jesus said that it's not true. He said that whatever you eat in your mouth, it comes out of the, out in the pupu. That's not what defiles a man. He started explaining to them. The disciples could not understand it too because they were Jews. So he said, do you not understand that whatever entered in, in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought, into the toilet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. So your heart controls your, your speech and controls your actions and your life. Next verse. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defile not a man. So where does murder come from? Where does stealing come from? Fornication and whatever. The heart. I'm not the one saying it. It's from the heart. I say it. It says thoughts. These thoughts proceed out of the heart. Now you should know that as a man thinketh in his heart, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, 6 and 7. <laughs> you should know. So it's not just the thoughts. That what is proceeding out of the man is what makes the man. For as he thinketh in his heart, let's read from verse 6. 
Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye. Neither desire thou his dainty meats. Why? For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his, his heart is not with thee. So even though he's saying something outside, his heart is not with you. And that can happen. Jesus said that these people draw nigh unto me with their mouths, but their heart is far away from me. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As the man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So the thoughts that proceed out of your heart is what makes you. That is what controls your actions. Your, the nature of your heart controls your actions. Get it and get it right. Say the nature of my heart. The state of my heart controls my very emotions. So your heart controls your body. Your heart controls your soul. Your heart controls the state of your spirit. Because it's the center of your being. Your heart controls your body. It controls your body. It's like the CPU. It controls what shows up on the monitor. It controls what comes out of the speaker. It controls everything. So what are we going to do with it? Look at the next thing. The, the heart is for the issuance of your life. It's for the issuance of your... Number five. It's for the issuance of your life. Okay? Hmm. For the issuance of your life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with what? All diligence. For out of your heart are the issues of life. Now, he's not saying that issues like life issues proceed out of your heart. No. Oh, what, what is your issue? Oh, my issue. There are issues that I'm thinking about. That's what it's It's not talking about that type of issue. Look at, look at message. Let's look at message. And then amplify. It says, keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. That's where life starts. That's where what? So that is the issue. That's where life. Your life. If we, you are going to be successful in, in life, it's going to be dependent on the state of your heart today. <laughs> are you seeing it? That is how. That's why I said it's the most important message I will ever preach to you. It's very important because the state of your heart determines what will happen in your life. The state of your heart. It says, keep vigilant, watch over your heart. That is where life starts. That's where life starts. The Amplified says, the wellspring of life. Look, look at Amplified. Keep and guard your heart with all the vigilance. And above all that you guard, all that you guard. So don't guard, he's, not, don't, he's saying that your heart is so important. Don't worry about your jewels, your jewelries. Don't worry about your, your books. Don't worry about... Worry more about what is happening on your heart. What is entering your heart. Use all your energies. Bring all your energies on board. When it comes to your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Mount guard with all diligence. Why? For out of your heart flow the springs of life. That is where your life starts. That's where life starts. Hallelujah. Have you seen how important your heart is? NLT. New Living Translation. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It's a very scary thing. It determines the course of your life. GNT, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So is he. Hmm? So is he. Hallelujah. So is he. So, the next thing is that. You see how important your heart is? Meditation is the only means designed by God. Hmm? Are you listening to me? 
meditation is the only means designed by God to keep his word in your heart. Meditation is the only means, the only means designed by God to keep his word. There is no other way designed by God to keep his word than through meditation. So, meditation is meant to, as it were, shape your heart so that your life can go the way God wants it to go. That is why meditation is important. So I said all this to let you know how important meditation is. Don't joke with it, okay? I'm going to show you how to meditate on the scriptures. But I'm just letting you know, don't joke with it. Tell me, but don't joke with it. If you joke with it, the word cannot have entrance. You cannot keep the word. And your life will go out of the word. Very important. Go to Luke chapter 8, verse 11 to verse 15. Luke chapter 8 from verse 11. Hmm? My wife mentioned the scripture to us a few minutes ago. Says, now the, prob- the problem is this. The seed is the word of God. Have you seen it? The seed is what? As I'm preaching to you now. How does the word of God come? Through seeing and through hearing. In the process of seeing and hearing, I told you some things that happens. In hearing, faith comes to you. Why? Look at the next verse. So, I've preached to you. The word has come. It's a seed. Are you seeing it? Those by the wayside are they that hear the word. Then come the devil and take it away the word out of their hearts. Lest they should, be, they should believe and be saved. Lest they should what? With, with, which part of your system do you believe? Your heart. So, how, how does it get into your heart? How do you keep the word? Through meditation. I'm going to show you right now. So, the aim of the devil is to not allow you to meditate. He will not allow you to meditate. So, he will do everything possible to make sure you don't meditate. So that you forget about it. So, the first thing is that he takes it away. He makes you forget what was said. So, even though you heard the word, you forget. Immediately, he takes it out. So, it was put in your, in your heart. But it couldn't stay in your heart. It couldn't be kept in your heart because he came to fetch it. And you allowed him to come and fetch it because you forgot what was said. How do you prevent that from happening? Hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing so that you don't forget. That's what I'm talking about. You take it away, the word which was sown in your heart, lest they should believe and be saved. Because they cannot be saved until they've believed. Jesus said, lest they, they should see with their eyes and should believe and should understand with their hearts and then they be converted and then I heal them. He, it's a process. It's no instant. The word of God doesn't work immediately. It takes time. It's a seed. Which seed do you plant and it germinates whilst you are there? It's nothing like that. It takes a while. So you, it must, you must ensure the successful sowing of the seed by meditation. How? By hearing. Meditation cannot start until you've heard and heard and heard and heard. Hmm? Until you've heard and heard... For instance, I, I was showing you last week how that we are the sheep of God's pasture. We are God's sheep. Okay? Now, the sheep has one big stomach. Sheep are called ruminants. Sheep, goats, cattle. They are all ruminants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A ruminant has one big stomach with four compartments. The rumen, the reticulum, the omasum and abomasum. Isn't it? Four compartments. Now, when a sheep is feeding, you see him feeding, eating. He's just eating. They can just take them out to graze. Sheep. 
they are just out grazing. They eat grass. It eats everything. They are just eating. You think that, ah, why, what's wrong with the sheep? They are just eating. Then, in the afternoon, they lie down and they do something called chewing the cud. They start regurgitating. They regurgitate the food. The food moves from the first stomach. So what, what happens is that the first point of contact is to get the meal inside. Is to get the food inside. Now, after the food has gotten inside, then meditation can happen. How does meditation happen? Meditation happens by recalling what has been, what you've put inside already. You recall what has been put inside already, then you chew on it, and then swallow it for it to enter your system. The only way the nutrients and the vitamins and all that can become a part of your system is by rechewing and swallowing once again. How in the system? Same thing with Christianity. As a child of God, the first way of getting the word of God inside is by hearing and hearing and seeing and seeing. Reading and reading, hearing and hearing. As you read and read and hear and hear, it's going to your first stomach. Then you sit down and you start meditating on it. Now, if it doesn't enter your first stomach well, because when it entered, the devil came to take it out from the first stomach, then you have nothing to recall to chew on. There's nothing to recall to chew on. Are you seeing it? So he says, those that but those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and takes away. Next verse. Look at verse, verse 13. Then they on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word with joy. They I receive it type of people. I receive it. I, enjoy, I, I, I inject it. I swallow it. I somersault it. I lambano it. I get a mouth and mamlanjuni gets. I, I do all kinds of things to it. He says they receive the word of joy. When all God is coming, they are excited. Then he says, But these have no roots, which for a while believe. Why? Because faith came to them when they were hearing it. Faith is the ability to believe. Faith came, isn't it? Hearing brings faith, isn't it? So faith came to them, but because they did not continue hearing it, he says, In time of temptation, it falls away. When temptation comes because of the word, they are unable to continue for success. These are the various processes that the word of God goes through for you to be fruitful and successful. I see it. Look at the next group. The next group is cares of this world. You hear the word on Sunday, but from Sunday to the next Sunday, you don't hear anything again. Because of the pressures of life, the cares of this world, the need to provide for your family, the need to go to school, the need to do this, the need to go to work, the need to do this, that all those things deprive you of the word of God. So you can't meditate on the word during the week because your mind is taken by Echo Bank. Your mind is taken by Snit. By Biochem. Biochem has extracted your mind. Human biology has extracted your mind. There's nothing wrong with it. Of, there's nothing wrong with being working in any place, but you must make sure you have time. You make time because this is the most important thing. This is what is most important. If your, your heart does not have some things in there, you will not have the issues as you would want it to come up. And, the, and that, that which fell among the tongues are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with curse, curse and riches and pleasures of this life. Riches, like Charlie, for make money. We have to make money. Cares of this life, pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. No fruit. Fruitlessness. Next verse. This is what we read initially. It says, But that on the good ground are they which in, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it. The key is what? 
they keep it. How do you keep it? Meditation. And bring forth fruit with patience. Patience. They keep it. Have you noticed talking about fruits? Fruits. Bring forth fruits. How many of you want to bring forth fruits? How do you bring fruits? Fruits must be brought through meditation. Psalm 1 verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 3. Go to Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his joy, say his joy. His joy, his delight, his excitement. His, what brings, what excites him? Ask your neighbor, what excites you? Ask the nearest lady, is it the lines of the guy? No, normally when we are rapping the girls, they know we are lying, but they like to hear it anyway. Ladies, are we lying? You know we are lying, but you still, it's still nice, so you still listen to it anyway. You see, I will, I will go with you all the way. You know he's lying. You know. You know it. But you just like to hear the nice words anyway. Isn't it? Ask your neighbor, what is nice for you? What is your delight? Is it a series? It's a series. Korean series. He says, this guy, his delight, his joy is the word of the Lord. And in the word does he meditate day and night. Day and night. Listen, meditation is no joke. Fruitfulness through the word is no joke. It is not uh, an out of mind work. No, it is active. It is deliberate. No, you can't say you want to succeed with the word and be passive about it. No, it is active. You must be active day and night. First hmm? Timothy chapter 4. Because I'm saying this. From verse 15. First Timothy 4 15. Meditate upon these things. He, thought he was talking about that. He was giving him precepts, things to follow through God's word. Okay, through God's spirit. He says, Meditate upon these things. What? Read the verse to me. Do you understand? Give yourself holy. Not holy, as in holy, holy holiness. Holy. 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 Say holy. Yes, holy, holy, holy. Eh? Meditate upon these things. Give yourself holy to them. Then thy profiting may appear to all. Let's read the amplified of this verse. So, uh, don't, don't think we, it's a joke. It's no joke. How many of you want to succeed by the word? How many of you want your heart to be conditioned with the word? It is active. You must be intent on it. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly into them as your ministry so that your progress, your progress, I see your progress appearing unto all men. Just so that your progress may be evident to everybody. Your progress. Your progress. There are two ways God has given us to make progress through his word. Number one is through meditation. Number two is through speaking in tongues. Jude 1 20. Jude 1 20. Read Jude 1 20 amplified. Jude 1 20. First one meditation. Second one speaking in tongues. Big things are built with small things. Big things are built with small things. This, this thing that you are seeing here is, is chippings, stones, wood, 
sand, cement, water, uh, iron, rubber. Finish. What else? It's finished. It is these same things that are turned over and over and over and over and over again in different ways to get the, the structure you're seeing. Everything around is built with that. Something from the earth. Few things are repeated in different ways to produce the result you're supposed to produce. If you get this particular thing well in your life. Have you ever heard, I heard one man of God saying that he's always had his prayers answered. He's always had what? His prayers answered. He has never been rejected and refused, not even once. Yes. Kenneth Hagin said that. So we must get it right. Tell me about we must get it right. Yeah. Without meditation, Charlie, your life will go like this. Instead of going like this. But you, beloved. Say, but you, beloved. But you, beloved. Build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Are you it? Make progress. Rise like an edifice. Higher and higher. How? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you don't speak in tongues, you have to speak in tongues before you go. It's very important. But I'm showing you concerning meditation. Okay? Yeah. Show you. Go, so we'll go back to the, verse, the one we read before this. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. Throw yourself wholly on, into them as your ministry. As your ministry. As your ministry. As your service. So that your progress. Your progress. I want to progress in life. So that your progress may be evident to everybody. Your progress may be evident to everybody. Go back to Psalm 1, right? Verse 2. We are in verse 2 now. But his delight. Say his delight. Say his delight. Let's read Amplified of this verse. Probably we'll see other versions, other things concerning delight. But his delight and desire are in the Lord, the Lord. And on his law, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually ponders and studies by day and night. Habitually ponders and studies. Go back to the King James. Next verse. Day and night. You know day and night. What is day? When the sun is out. What is night? When the sun is not out. Day and night. What does it mean? It means that all the time, the dude has his mind on the way. So David said that, Thou hast made me a wonder unto my generation. David was a wonder. The guy was a shepherd boy. They didn't know what he was doing when he was a shepherd boy. They didn't know what he was doing over there in the corner. They didn't know. Nobody knew. He was doing it in secret. When you're doing med- when you're meditating, it's in secret. Nobody knows. But when the time comes for you to start showing up, meditation is the means of manifest- manifesting what is inside. That's, that's the means. Your prophet, when your prophet starts showing, aye, everybody wonder, ah, now when, when this person, what, what have you been doing? The secret is meditation. Thinking on the word. I'll show you. Go to the next verse. Read the next verse. Read this one to me. One, two, go. Have you seen it? You remember what is the end of the word of God being planted? Fruitfulness. Fruit. Says some produce, the one in Matthew 13 says that he produces a fruit and a 60, a 30 fold, 60 fold, and 100 fold. Whatever fold it is, fruits have been produced. Yeah. Some people didn't produce any. Yeah. 
So the end is fruitfulness. And it's showing you that through meditation, you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. That bringeth forth his fruits in his season. You shall bring forth fruits every time you need to bring forth fruits. In other words, the word of God will be active. It will be activated in your life. You will be, you will be a doer. The means of doing the word of God is part of being, bringing fruits out of the word. And whatsoever. Do you know whatsoever? Whatsoever means everything with everything included. Do you understand? Whatever. Whether he gets into business, into wig, wig cap manufacture, shoe manufacture. It doesn't matter the business. It's not about the business. It's not about the business. So you don't need to bother yourself about which business to get into. No. You need to bother yourself about meditation. Because meditation will make everything you do prosper. Meditation is the means to having the coat of many colors. Do you know what the coat of many colors are? The coat of many colors is the ability to produce results no matter what you do. Look at Joseph. Joseph was successful as a prisoner. Joseph was successful as a shepherd boy. Joseph was successful as a, as a, as a son to his father. Joseph was successful as a, as a slave in Potiphar's house. When they gave him the farm to take care of, it worked. When they gave him prisoners to take care of, it worked. When they gave him Egypt to look after, Egypt worked. So he didn't have any natural education along those lines. None. Not as far as we are, we are, we are, we are told. He didn't have any. There was nothing like Joseph had to study concerning architecture. He knew how to build silos and what type of silos to build. Whatsoever. It's called the coat of many colors. Whatever you do. This ministry has it. We have the coat of many colors. By God's grace. Now, that thing must follow your life. Oh, it has to. And I'm showing you how it can be done. How? Meditation. 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 Everything. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. You can read 7 and 8. Joshua 1, 7 and 8. Meditation. Meditation. Let's read from 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous. This is Joshua. Joshua is going to lead the army, the army of Israel and lead Israel. And God is showing him what to do to succeed in what he's going to do. The issue of his life is going to work and become correct. Joshua never failed, not even once. Joshua never lost any battle. The only people he lost were the Midianites. And they came to come and deceive him. That was the only time he failed. Do you understand? The first time he failed was at with AI. It wasn't because of it, it was because someone was in there who had a problem. When they resolved the problem and they went, they succeeded. Every war he fought, check. Joshua never lost even one war. Never. Because God showed him the trick, if you like, or the secret. Charlie Meditato, what, what, what do you think? What, what, what do you think about what I'm saying? That is the only means of eating the word, getting the word to get into your veins. To get into becoming part of you. I was telling during the first that we are human beings and are made up of hydrogen, carbons, and nitrogen, and all those things, and oxygen, and all that, isn't it? That's how we are born. We are born with hydrocarbons in our system, with with nutrients, nitrogen, and all. They are all there. However, we need to eat for us to get hydrogen, oxygen. We need to drink water. We need to eat food for it to become a part of our bodies in order for us to grow. So yes, we are born with the word. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives in a bias forever. We are born with the word. However, you must eat the word to grow. 
desire the sincere milk of the word. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Desire the sincere and, and earnest milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Have you seen it? You may grow thereby. Without that, you cannot grow. Now, when he talks about growth, what is he talking about? Let me try and help you with that before I go back to Joshua chapter 1, okay? I mentioned to you that your spirit is perfect. And it's your truth. Your spirit man doesn't have any problem. Your spirit man, listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, eh, verse 9. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 10, 11. The actual thing is in verse 11, but let me show you from verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, neither has ear heard, neither have it been revealed to the heart of man, to the heart of man, hmm? the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Have you seen it? But he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. Which, which is the ass he's talking about? Which part of you he's talking about? He's talking about your body, your soul, your spirit, or your, your, your heart. It's your spirit. He's talking about your spirit. Says, but he has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Your spirit man knows everything about you. Your spirit man has all the money you ever need in your life. Your spirit man knows where you are, you are going to be in the next 50 years. He knows your children that the children are going to have, the number of children are going to have. He knows everything. And he has everything. He's perfect. He doesn't have any problem. Okay? Now, how does he function? How does he work? He doesn't grow, remember. He doesn't grow. When we say spiritual growth, we are talking about the level to which your spirit has leeway through your, your heart. The influence of your spirit on your heart that gets to your body and to your environment. So when the word of God is sown in your heart and is sown successfully through meditation, that word is a tree. It's a seed that has been put there. The nutrients, the earth has all the nutrients it needs to make the tree grow, isn't it? See, the earth is like this, our spirit. It's like our spirit. He has all the nutrients that is supposed to make the tree grow. Are you seeing it? So when it's sown in there, the spirit begins to now have a If it's successfully sown, it now begins to have a leeway along the line of the word that has been planted in there. And then bears fruits that shows up physically for you. That's how it works. Are you seeing it? So depending on the level of your heart that has been covered by the word of God, okay, we say that this person has grown. He's growing. He's really growing. He's really growing in the Lord. He's growing in the spirit. That's what spiritual growth has to do with. That's why we say spiritual growth has to do with the salvation of the soul. Because the salvation of the soul has everything to do with the covering of your heart with the word of God. So what are we saying? Go, go to Dr. Jesus chapter 1, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right and or to the left. Don't turn. Like, stay on this thing. Be strong and courageous to stay on the word. No matter what is trying to take your attention. I'll tell you next week. That thou mayest prosper with that soever thou goest. Then he shows him how to do the word. Okay? How to prosper. Verse 8. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein. You shall meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For, thou, then, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. So meditation leads you to good success. Prosperity and good success. Prosperity and good success. Yeah. It says don't turn from it to the left to the right, or to the right. Okay. Look at this one. It says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. This one too says day and night. Then it says, That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. 
He's showing you that the ability to do the word is, in, is in embedded in meditation. Look at this. He says, But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou. What does that mean? As you meditate, it leads you to doing the word. Without meditation, you can't do the word. That thou. So that you will observe to do the word. Why? Do you remember that? Your heart controls your actions and your speech. Do you remember? How many of you remember that? Your heart controls what? Your actions and your speech. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good, good things. Isn't it? Good fruits. That's true, right? So, how, does you, how do you get your heart to have the word in there? Through meditation. Now, when your heart has, is full with the word, or you've meditated on something, that thing that you meditated on is now in your heart. It says, keep my word with your heart. It's, your heart is now enfolded with it, abundant with it. The automatic thing is that it controls your actions. It's automatic. It controls your actions along that line. You understand? So if you so meditated on, on righteousness, the way to do righteousness and do righteous acts is not by saying, I'm doing this. It's not an outward thing. It's an inward thing. Meditation, is what, meditation on righteousness is what leads you to live the righteous life. That's what forms your mindset. And as a man thinks, it's like so easy. So you end up producing righteousness. Do you understand? You start producing righteousness. As simple as that. Daniel purpose in his heart not to partake of the king's meat. And when he purposed in his heart, it showed forth around him. He, he didn't partake of the king's meat. So it's an inward. Doing the word of God is inward, not outward. Doing the word of God is through meditation. It's through what? Meditation. It's through meditation. That thou mayest observe to do. It controls you. It controls you. It begins to just... You will not know what... You just realize that you are moving along that line. See, and amazingly, the word of God comes with grace. Ability to do what he's saying. Because you've meditated on it, there's abundance of grace to aid you to do what God says you should do. Hallelujah. So, what is meditation? Meditation is from two, two Hebrew words. They use two Hebrew words to describe meditation. Okay? The first one is siyak. S-I-Y-A-C-H. I just spelled it for you in the English way. Siyak. S-I-Y-A-C-H. Siyak. Then the other one is Hagar. H-A-G-A-R. Hagar. Or, if you like, type meditation or meditate in your Bible. Check in the Old Testament. You see that all the descriptions that they'll give to you are from these two words. Siyak and then Hagar. Okay, and that's what medi- the word meditation okay explains itself. It's a very simple thing, very very simple thing. Siyak means to muse. I'm defining siyak for you now. It means what? To muse, M-U-S-E, to muse, to muse, or to think, to muse, or to think, or to ponder, to ponder. To muse, to think, or to ponder. Okay? Then Hagar means to speak out or to matter. Matter. When we say someone is muttering some words. Matter. M-U, not M-A-T-T-R. M-U-T-T-E-R. Matter. Matter words to yourself. Or to speak out. So th- this is the definition of meditation. To muse. What, what do we mean when we say muse? Have you ever worried about something before? 
How many of you have ever, how many of you know how to worry? You know how to worry, show me your hand. You know how to worry. You know how to worry. You know how to worry. What have you ever worried about? What have you worried about in your life? Tell me one thing that you've worried about in your life. Oh, just one thing. You've never worried in your life. Have you worried? Eh, so tell me one thing you've ever worried about. Money. Money. Very popular. And if you don't say money, I'll be surprised at you. You worry? Have you ever worried about money? How do you worry about money? Like, what, what is the content of the worry? You are thinking about it. How you will get it. Where it is going to come from. Who is going to give it to you. How is it going to happen. Where is it going to come from. Then it starts capturing your emotions. You can become sick. Because you realize that, Charlie, <laughs> there's no, you are, the man is going to capture it. It's not going to, and flash it. Oh, yeah, it's not, it's not joining. You get it? Huh? So if you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. You have been meditating on this well. The only thing is that you've been meditating on the wrong thing. You've been meditating on money. You've been meditating on a boy, a girl. You've been meditating. You've been meditating on, on your school, on your job, on your average. On, you've, just, you've just been meditating on those things. Basically, that's what you've been doing all this while. Uh-huh. Now, all that you need to do is now start replacing all those things with the word of God. Okay, let me show you something I was meditating on, uh, I think from three days ago, isn't it? What I was telling you about uh, concerning Jesus. I want to help you practically, okay? Look, chapter, chapter 9. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You love Jesus. Jesus. Luke 9, verse 27. Okay. So, from verse 27, you see that Jesus takes disciples to the mountain, three of them. Then it's transfigured before them. Now, I'm reading all this. My wife was reading this portion of the Bible. She was using my, my Bible, so she left it. Then I picked it up three days ago. I wanted to read my Bible. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a nice story. It's been a while since I read it. Let me just read it. So I'm reading, 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 reading. Then I got to verse 37. And it came to pass that on the next day, that is after the transfiguration, when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. Plenty of people met him. Next verse. So I'm reading. You get it? I'm reading. I'm just doing the first part of getting it in. I'm getting so many things in. Getting so many things in. Like that. Then I get to this particular one. And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. And the Holy Spirit makes this catch me. And I've thought about this for three days. Did this, this one. You see, I'm becoming emotional, Paul, because I felt the emotion of the man as I was reading it. I felt that, and that's what medita- meditation makes you feel what the people felt. Meditation will let your eyes open, and you will see. That one guy was meditating on the word. He was meditating on the crucifixion of Christ. Just meditating, thinking about Jesus and his crucifixion. Pam! All of a sudden, he was at the crucifixion. He saw himself at the crucifixion. And the soldier pushed him and said, what are you doing? Get out. And Jesus turned and looked at him and smiled and continued walking. Then he came back through meditation. Through meditation. Meditation will put you into the scriptures and let you know the reality of the scriptures. I felt felt this man's concern. And it set me thinking. I've been thinking about it for three days. 
This all I've been thinking about for the last three days. What I'm preaching to you is not what I've been thinking about. You understand? What I'm preaching to you, I said I thought about it a long time ago. What I'm sharing with you now is not something I just sat down to put together to bring to you. I thought about it some long time ago. I, I preached it five years ago, don't you understand? Yes. So I, I thought about it five years ago. Hmm. But what I'm thinking about now and will produce a certain result in my life is this one. It says, I beseech you, look upon my son, for he is my only child. He is my only child. Then the Lord responded to me and said that there are many people with one only child who are sick to death, whose lives are dependent on you. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Put your life together properly so that your prayer can heal. The man knew that ah, the disciples were praying for the guy. It didn't work. It didn't work. What was so, so, the Lord starts setting my mind on what was so special about Jesus. How was Jesus' life? How was he like? How was he like? The guy had power. He was, he was power encapsulated. In Luke chapter 8, you know, there was, there was this lady who came, who had the issue of blood for 12 years. 12 long years. She had been bleeding. Do you know what it means to bleed for 12 years? The guys don't understand bleeding. The ladies understand bleeding. She had been bleeding for 12 long years. 12 long years. He comes, she comes, touches Jesus, clothed by the hem of the garment. And then instantly she receives a healing. The Lord sets my mind to that place. Think about this one. Think about this one. It's not the people's faith. This one, it wasn't the man's faith. He didn't have faith. This was Jesus' the power that he carried. So work on yourself. Carry my power so that you can help my people. Because I have so many people who have just one child. Who's lunatic. Just one child whose ears are blocked. When I was hearing about someone whose ears are blocked, when you said it, the first thing that, happened, that I thought about, let's pray for him. Let's, let me, I want to pray for him. So his ears will be open. What can I do to help people? Just by reading this. You think it's an accident. It's not an accident. That's what meditation is. So you are thinking about it. It works on your emotions and works you into the power of God to be able to do what God wants you to do. Yeah. That's what meditation is. So just thinking. So I'm just thinking. Because I've chewed the word, I've read the scriptures, and I, I remember what I've read, the Lord can, with my mind, I can be sitting down like this and I'm meditating. With my mind, I'm just gone. I'm not thinking about a girl or a girl's bottoms. No. No, you can be meditating on the ladies' bottoms for a long time. <laughs> so let's say the truth and shame the devil. <laughs> it's like what I'm saying is not true. Ladies, the guys, they suffer a lot. Though. It's not a joke. I don't know what ladies think about, but I know what guys think about. Yes. Hips, breasts, buttocks. It's called HB squared. It's <laughs> finished. From morning to evening. It can be your day and night meditation. <laughs> am I lying? Am I lying? Am I lying? Charlie, am I lying? It's very possible. Day and night. He is my only. Ah! He's my only child. He's my only child. I have a child. I have a son. So the Lord took my mind to it. Just imagine if this boy had a problem and there was someone sitting somewhere whose prayer can make him you then the person is not acting. The person is fornicating, chilling, pleasures, abundance. He's misbehaving with the knowledge of God that he has. How can your son be helped? Don't misbehave. That's what God did. Don't misbehave. So don't misbehave. Meditate. Like, get deeper into me so that you can help. Because there are many who need help. So very soon, because I'm thinking about it, very soon you see me pray for people and their ears will pop open right before you. It has happened in my life several times. But God wants to 
take me to another dimension and I'm ready for it. I'm, get, I'm gathering myself for it. I want miracle signs and wonders to be happening on a regular basis around me. Miracle signs and wonders. Something must happen around you. Your life should not end the way it is right now. There's more. There's more. God is waiting to hand over companies to you free of charge. He's waiting to hand over millions of dollars to you. The, the secret is meditation. Thinking and pondering on the word. He will let you know that, listen, my power in you is so great. Do this. You can do this. That's where confidence comes from. That's where courage comes from. All of a sudden, you are confident and courageous to do what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. See, I'm going to meditate on the word. Say it again. I'm going to meditate on the word. How do we do it? That's the first, that's the first part. Thinking. Worrying. Thinking. Musing on the word. Musing. Thinking, pondering, considering the word, thinking on it. How would you think on it if you are, if it has not come in? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So normally God will highlight one. I do. I do a lot of meditation. That is why I'm successful. I'm showing you my secret. Actually, that's why I'm successful. I meditate a lot. You may not see me with the Bible, but I've so true that it's inside. So you can be, you can see me sitting down like this. I can be watching TV. I'll just drift off. I'm gone. You are all shouting, everybody's, I'm, I'm gone. My mind is not there. God has captured my mind. I'm thinking about something. There was this man of God who so meditated on the crucifixion of Christ that the imprint in Jesus' hands showed in his, it was here, it showed. It showed that physically on his hand and on his side and on his foot. Physically. You understand? Physically, it showed up. You can Google it. I've forgotten his name. It showed up physically. Another guy so meditated on, on the cross of Christ that when he died and they did the, the autopsy, the cross was, it was drawn on his heart. Literally, on his heart. It was on it. Meditate. Meditation is so powerful. It will make you what the word of God talks about. It, will make, it has the ability of catapulting you from where you are to making you what God sees. I see it. Yeah. Yeah. How many of you are going to meditate day and night? Day and night. Say day and night. Yeah. yeah. Holy, holy. Day and night. When you wake up, you are thinking. Not thinking on something that's written on Facebook or Twitter. No, that thing is not going to help you. Remember, you are feeding your heart. You are conditioning your heart with that. That's what you produce. Wrong information. If you are not careful, you will feed yourself with the wrong thing. And you will produce the wrong thing. You will have a terrible issue of life. Yeah. You have a terrible issue, terrible issue. You realize that your life is just going the wrong way. Your life is just going the wrong way. Poverty is yours. Your children are in disorder. You know, I've been saying it, you can give birth to your own murderer. You can give birth to somebody who will be killing you in the future. You don't condition your heart well, you'll be surprised. Condition your heart. Work on your heart. Put, keep your heart. Eh? Keep thy heart with all diligence. Protect your heart. Watch what gets in there. It's a very special place. Watch what gets in there. Okay? Watch what gets in there. That's where your intents, when you are planning and deciding, it's actually not in your mind or in your soul. It's in your heart. You are deciding like, I want to go here, I want to do this. You know, you are sitting down. If you want to know whether something is entering your heart, check how much you think about that thing. Sometimes you can wake up and shatter, shatter's song is what is playing. Shatter, 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 shatter. 
First thing, it has entered your heart straight. And music, that's the power of music. The music enters your heart without, without your consent. You don't give it permission, it just comes. My wife and I heard a certain song somewhere. We went to a, a hotel somewhere and we were playing the song behind it. We didn't realize that it had entered. Two days later, we were doing something and then she, I was singing it in my mind. She was also singing it and then it came out. Ah, Charlie, the thing has entered. Oh. Yeah, it will just come out. Like that. That's why you need to listen to good songs, good music, spiritual songs. Yeah. It works on your heart and it causes the, the Spirit of God to fill your heart quickly. Hallelujah. See, I'll think on the word. I'll think on the word. I'll ponder on the word. In Jesus' name. I want us to now pray for grace to think on the word. What do you think? Stand up and let's pray for grace. Receive grace from the Lord wherever you are. Receive grace. Receive grace. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.